When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hey guys, uh, so quick little warning at the start of this episode. So a lot of you have said that we need to give Brian more time to talk, and we agree with you. Unfortunately, Brian's going to disappear in the middle of this episode, though, because there was an issue with the recording where we just lost Brian's audio after about 10 minutes. No clue what happened. Usually you think not a big deal. Boy barely talks. This was really his coming out episode. He talked a whole lot. So episodes a little bit shorter. It's a little bit more awkward. I edited around the silences, obviously, and kind of just cut out any references to him after he disappeared. But yeah, Brian's missing on the later half of this episode, and uh, we're sorry about that to Brian and to you listeners, because you missed out on some solid one-liners from him. All right, bye. Everybody and welcome to the final anthology film of October. We are talking about Trick or, or Trick Our Treat. Got to make sure that I clarify. <laughs> yeah, Trick Our Treat from 2007 to 2010, basically. Uh, the movie was completed in 2007, and no one wanted to put it out. And it sat on a shelf for almost three years before it was inevitably just thrown out on a dvd release in the middle of october in 2009 2010 terrible fate upon a movie that is genuinely the best anthology film in years yeah um easily so but i will say before we dive into this this is a weird anthology film to me because it doesn't i had it you know we had the conversation with ryan spindel when i was at fantastic fest and afterwards he mentioned that he finds it hard to classify this one as an anthology film because it's not segmented stories. It's like consistently interwoven stories. He was like, it's an anthology film the same way that like Pulp Fiction's an anthology film. And I think that that's actually a really 
good analogy of how this feels as an anthology film compared to everything else. In my in my humble opinion, <laughs> I think it's an anthology film the way all anthology films should be. I yeah. think I enjoy the fact when they're all interwoven, like not horror, but go, you know, like I think I, I, I enjoy the fact where it's just like four different stories, but they all intertwine at the end. That's an enjoyable anthology film to me. Yeah, no. And I, I, I love this movie. I just I do kind of agree because he said that he read somewhere that like these were just like four random stories that they just kind of threw together as one film. But he's like, I don't see how that's physically possible because so many of them interconnect and are interwoven. Um, I will say that I love, love, love the introduction to this movie with like the old black and white TV uh, with the rules of trick or treat. And then it just cuts to like our first kill pretty much immediately. Yeah, Uh, it just sets sets the mood. It's also I got to I got to love any anthology film that's under 80 minutes. Yeah. And we're joined on this episode by Jason of Creepy Co., who I also hung out with for like an entire week at Fantastic Fest. Hey, Jason. Hey, how's it going, man? Nice to talk to you so soon. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you jumped in a couple seconds after we had hit record. Uh, I sent you a list of movies to choose and you were like trick or treat easily. What what drew you to, to grab that one as opposed to, I don't know, House That Drip Blood or Tales from the Hood? <laughs> uh, as much as I love the, uh, you know, the Tales of the Crypt uh, anthology thing, uh, trick or treat speaks to me. Um, it's shot in the Midwest. It's, you know, it's based in Ohio. I mean, it was technically shot in Canada, but, you know, it's based in Ohio, which is not too far from Illinois, Chicago area. And also um, when the, the news crew scene happens uh, coming up pretty soon i think um the that the, the song playing in the background is my friend's group so you know a little, oh, shit. A little special place for me what's the song <laughs> uh it's something the group's called it's quell and maker i actually don't remember the name of the title of the song but yeah they got they got contracted for this movie so that's their song playing in the background super cool well that's a fun fact that i didn't know was going to come up <laughs> yeah <laughs> So uh, let's just tackle all the individual like main stories. I know there's like these little sub stories interwoven, but uh, so we've got the first real story is the killer principal story, mm-hmm. which is my personal favorite. Of principal Wilkins. Oh, it's so it's it's got that like comedy of errors vibe to it that I just always enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's probably is it the goriest? It's probably the goriest segment in the. I mean, he in the movie makes as well. a kid eat. A uh, razor blade in the kid yeah. vomits blood and dies. That's pretty gory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty rough. And his little kid, his son is like adorable as all hell while still being super obnoxious and annoying. The Charlie whole time. Brown's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Pro- prove him wrong. Prove him wrong. <laughs> I love the fact that when he's burying that body, right, um, which is not the same body. I, so I don't, unless I'm mistaken. Um, that's not Charlie. Charlie is the the fat kid uh, who who vomits blood and dies. Um, he's burying somebody else, right? No, no, he's burying him. Well, so when the hand comes up out of the bag, the trash bag or whatever, mm-hmm. um, isn't it wearing like a costume? I was really confused when I watched this. I was gonna say again. I think Scott's right because I've yeah. concluded this as well because the hand has a costume on, and also like. He's got that head waiting down in the basement the whole oh, time. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's a. It's another kid that he killed. But 
Yes. Okay. Validation. I love it. I love validation. <laughs> yeah. There's, so, a, there's a bunch of like buried Easter egg things throughout this movie that are kind of interwoven themselves. The funniest thing that's not really like an, an actual punchline about this movie is the fact that the police chief from Super Troopers is the grouchy old man next door. <laughs> Brian so we, Cox, man. Yeah. Dude, Brian yeah. Cox is in so much stuff and your go-to is the police chief. <laughs> well, well, that's because that is his claim to fame for me. I think it is funny that he's Hannibal Lecter it's good, also. It's a good touch point. Yeah, he was the original Hannibal Lecter. What? But, yeah. yeah Manhunter. Yeah, but oh. no, he's 100% the, the chief in Super Troopers. <laughs> I just love that he's like, it smells, it smells like a dead whore out there. <laughs> <laughs> So I this movie's got so many little Easter eggs that I'm willing to bet that if you paused it and looked at what the costume was that was being worn, that you could probably figure out somebody in one of the background shots that it was that he killed. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like I haven't done that to to confirm, but I'm I'm leaning towards there's probably something that connects it all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that the the shot where you think that he killed his kid and then it reveals that he's got a head there for them to carve is Help probably one of the eyes. most incredible reveals like, yeah because the first time i watched it i was like oh fuck it got dark like him killing that fat kid didn't get dark to me but him yeah. killing his son <laughs> yeah. was like really dark to me you know i thought i was watching a lighthearted <laughs> film about him killing a fat kid but yeah so we go to that immediately into what i think is my least favorite of the stories which is like the zombie kid story. i like it like the bus kids yeah. yeah i like it it's the emo most emotional pulling scene in the movie for me like it's like the one part where i didn't have fun <laughs> was like when the kids are desperately trying to get out of the chains on the bus uh and the the other thing that i focus on to like not get too sad during that scene is like what the fuck's up with that paper bag with human teeth costume that's sitting in the back row? Because that shit is weird looking. <laughs> he looks like the Quizno subs monsters. If you remember those <laughs> from like yeah yeah oh what were they called the sock monkeys the sock monkeys yeah yeah that's just you know everyone else is just wearing like these weird store bought like costumes and then there's just paper bag with teeth in the background. <laughs> that scene is rough emotionally I, do think th I agree with you matt though that that is the i mean this is a great film like the every piece of this movie is watchable but it, it always feels like that is the least strong i don't want to call it weak i just think that it's the, the least compelling i like the visuals of it i love the the story that they tell when it's like sepia toned on the bus and stuff like that i just feel like it's the least entertaining of everything in this movie but it's still I think, good i mean i mean it would be it would be much stronger if it was in a weaker movie if that makes sense i i think the biggest problem with that particular segment is that it's it's really drawn out for the most predictable of all the punchlines yeah you know i mean like there you go. like you know that the kids are going to come out of that water and it's just like really really drawn out Versus like all the other twists have these nice little unexpected elements to it. There's really no unexpected twist to that one. So it just kind of feels like it slows down the momentum of it a little bit. Just a little bit. It's an hour and 20 minutes. You can't really slow down too much in an no. hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but then we jump into the fucking werewolf story, which has the oh, coolest yes. transformation I've seen in years. Yeah, yeah this is nicely done. Absolutely. I mean... So, Jason, you don't know this about me, but I fucking love werewolves. Uh, not like werewolf movies, because I don't care about the whole ethos of people being sad that they're ripping people apart. 
in a full moon. I just want to see the transformations. And so that's what I get in this movie or in this section of the movie. So, I mean, you that's get this free werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very happy to be werewolves too. So yeah, you really don't even have to get the questioning about is this right or wrong? Yeah. yeah. There's a werewolf coven having a good time. Dude, just wrecking folks. Just uh, but up. it's so great that Principal Wilkins, it, like you think you get a vampire scene, but it's just Principal Wilkins with teeth, like <laughs> yeah. teeth in, and and then he's like, "Who are you, people?" And she's like, "Be be gentle." It's my first time or something like that. And then she like rips her skin off, and the crazy werewolf underneath. It's great. Well, and I love so like jumping back to the beginning when they're like shopping for costumes. There's so many like little hints to what's going on. Yeah, the huff and the puff. Yeah, or like the one says like that she was the run of the litter. Like there's yeah, all these yeah. like dialogue choices to hint that they're going to be werewolves. But the first time I watched it, did not see it coming at all, nope. and it fucking floored me. Yeah, so it's greatly it's you know another well done thing in this movie. Yeah, there's not a lot of poorly done things in yeah, this movie exactly. for sure. Um, and then we get to the Brian Cox story, <laughs> which, which has a lot of like what I think are some of the coolest visual segments in this movie. Like the shot of him stepping out on the front porch and his whole front lawn is just covered in pumpkins is like a really gnarly shot. The like the flames shooting out of the pumpkin, revealing all the words written on the walls. And then even just Sam, when his hood comes off like this has so many cool moments just scattered among it. And I think it's actually the longest segment. I think it's almost like 20 minutes in this hour and 20 minute movie, but it, it like holds your attention the whole time. Okay. So I have a question because for, for Jason, since Jason, I know you the least, obviously, what are your thoughts on when Sam's hood gets taken off? Do you like it? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence on that one. I, I, I like him kind of unknown. So when he did, does take the hood off, you get kind of a little bit of like, you know, it's, not, it's never going to quite meet your expectations, but I, I'm not, I don't hate it. Just don't love it. Yeah, I, I think that you're right, because I've never liked that. I've never wanted – that's not something I ever wanted this movie to do. And even the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. I kind of wanted him to just not have a demon. I wanted it to be, like, you know, forever in my imagination. And I I, I, I like the Sam that Sam has gotten to be such a popular – I mean, really, if you think in the last decade – Plus, like, so this movie, this movie came out 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the last decade, has there been any other horror, like any creature that has really gotten the kind of traction that Sam has? I don't think so. I mean, I... Yeah, the, only, the only thing I can think of as of recently is like uh, art from Terrifier. But that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So art. Yeah. People will dress up as art. So this is almost a decade after art, though. You know what I mean? Because like art, the clown... Art. Yeah, yeah, this was, a, yeah, so, like, it's been almost a full decade before we found another iconic character since, like, the ghost face in the 90s, mm-hmm. or, like, the Saul puppet. Like, it, it definitely is one of those, what's impressive with this one is that, as far as I know, there isn't any genuine plans yet for a trick-or-treat to in the immediate now, so it's like, this movie's got almost a decade on it now, and it's still iconic in just that one movie, uh, which is, which is, you know, rare. It's very rare that you have like a singular movie that has that staying power. 
you know, we've talked about Dr. Giggles. Dr. G- People should be dressed <laughs> up as Dr. Giggles at <laughs> all conventions. And that'd be so when, easy, too. It's not, it's not expensive. God, I should do that. Dude, I, I've been no. If if we're do if we're dressing up, if I am getting you, me, and Brian to do fucking uh, Anton. Oh no, the Idle Hands cosplay will happen. Just Brian needs to get his ass out to any of the conventions <laughs> that we do. What are some final thoughts? I feel like we're rushing through this, but it's it's a it's a short movie. B it's a movie we all love. C it's a movie that everybody's seen. So, mm-hmm. well, I got a couple things. Just just quotes that I I love from this movie coach taylor was in a hot dog costume but fucking a pig i think (laughs) (laughs) which um you see somebody murdered in a hot dog costume at the the werewolf yeah the Uh, werewolf roast yeah werewolf roast we roast (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's so great uh i just i do love the fact that they bring so much back into other pieces of the film and you know it's really economical to do that i think that like from a sheer production standpoint it means you have to have fewer costumes and so why not you know (laughs) like it's just smart it's just smart business (laughs) but we do have um a scene that i love where um uh brian cox picks whiskey over a candy bar and i'm like bro same (laughs) but then he gets his tendon cut and you you know how we always talk about that's the thing that makes your asshole fucker the most (laughs) someone gets decapitated you're like nah whatever these see a tendon cut you're like oh fuck i do really like as much as i dislike what sam looks like with his mask off i love the fact that he's full of pumpkin goo so that when brian cox shoots him he's just full of like you know pumpkin innards i love it so so this is a weird one but according to imdb trivia which we'll see how believable this is (laughs) all in all the brian cox's character design was based on john carpenter yeah i read that and and the scene with the hand was supposed to be a throwback to the thing when he says you got to be fucking kidding me and the hand is like oh yeah yeah Yeah. okay fair (laughs) Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Uh, But the big thing that we want to talk about, because we knew that this was going to be a shorter episode, is that Jason's here from, I feel like I feel pretty comfortable saying one of the unofficially favorite companies for horror movie night which is oh no it's, it's not even unofficial it's it we wear our love on our backs about how much you love me <laughs> well thank you very much as a as, you know a self-appointed employee as you, as you found out at fantastic fest yeah oh yeah i didn't even tell that story yeah i was so i wore a creepy co shirt every day at fantastic fest and uh this random guy right before i did the interview with the fatal collective um, we were sitting in the bar talking about like what we were going to discuss in the interview. And this guy just walks up and he's like, hey, sorry to interrupt. And everything in my brain was like, he's going to talk to these girls who are directors. And he looks right at me and goes, I just need to tell you how much I love 
your t-shirt company and i was like i don't work for creepy <laughs> <Co."> <laughs> oh shit that's incredible yeah there was a split second where i was like oh my god is this a podcast fan i'm gonna look like such a badass in front of these film, <laughs> these filmmakers and then it was a case of missing identity uh, mistaken identity so i, I do want to say one thing is that this is made all the more surreal because if you have looked at the women that are in the Fatal Collective, they are drop dead gorgeous. And this guy comes up to Matt and it's like, yo, dude, sorry to interrupt you talking to these beautiful women, but I love that shirt and I love your company. <laughs> it's high praise, high praise. Yeah. I mean, they are great shirts and they get a lot of praise by anybody. I get more compliments on that shirt or the shirts I get from Studio House than anything else that I wear ever. Uh so so where do the design like what portion of creepy code do you like do you do any of the shirt designs or are you kind of in sales i, I never actually knew what your full job is, yeah, yeah. um i'm i'm kind of one of the i think i am the longest employee of the company so i always say that i'm like a jackass of all trades i've kind of done all of the jobs <laughs> so yeah uh, i don't do too much of the design work that's mostly uh kelly and her team and luke they have a there's a whole squad of designers that work with us that they just kind of do all that cool fun stuff and they just show me things and I go that looks really cool or like oh, I would change this and I get a little bit of feedback um, but yeah I mostly handle the day-to-day -day stuff and all the you know the email customer service you're talking to me if you make a comment on the you know internet if you might be talking to me uh, yeah I just I've done everything from packing orders to assembling pins to mailing things out to you know you name it I've probably done it Nice. And most likely, if Creepy Co. is at a convention, you're there with them. Yes. It'll most likely be me and Jen, or maybe just Jen sometimes. But yeah, it's one of us two usually at the conventions. All right. And, you know, what's the website so people can go and check out some of these amazing shirts and pick up some? Yeah, sure. It's uh, creepycompany.com. It's pretty straightforward. If we just Google Creepy Company, we'll, we'll come up and be right there in your browser. Now, and I don't know if it's just me or not, but I... Like, I can't get on Facebook without a Creepy Co. Uh, ad hitting me, and I'm like, I'm not even mad about it, you know? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they trace me too. So <laughs> Do you like Creepy Co.? You're like, yeah, I like them. They pay my rent. <laughs> yeah. It's weird when the ads pop up and I see myself. I'm like, oh, God, this is terrifying. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite design that you think isn't getting enough love on the website? And we'll send some of our, uh, our listeners over there to buy it. Oh, uh, man, we just, we, so we just, we just launched a huge, uh, our Halloween collection just came out. Uh, so yeah, anything from there, it's, I'm super excited about and super happy with, uh, we did these really cool, uh, sort of Sam S Jack Lantern, uh, pumpkin statues that are based on like the old Vysel characters. Um, so yeah, those are, go check those things out. That's awesome. What, the most nostalgia I've ever had, and I think you're sold either sold out of this shirt or just sold out in sizes for fat asses like me is, uh. <laughs> I forgot about the decorations that I guess every family in the 80s had of like the witch, the pumpkin and the screaming skeleton. Mm -hmm. And you did like a whole shirt of those. And yes. I fucking like I saw that and was like, holy shit, that's a blank spot in my memory that just got unlocked from these guys. Yeah, uh, actually, those just restocked, actually. So you, you can Sweet. Find, you can oh, find man. Them. Let's talk about some double features. Uh, Jason, you're our guest. How about we give you a chance to steal one from us? I want to go with us, the Stephen King classic, Cat's Eye. Son of a bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to Trick or Treat. It's a one woven story, and the cat kind of is the, the Sam of the story, kind of interweaving between the people all the stories linked together. So I'm going with Cat's Eye. 
damn it. I thought I could. Are you serious? Uh, that was the one that you that, were going to pick? That was the one that I had written down. Yeah. <laughs> it's Scott, Scott, you go while I try to just quickly come up with something. Well, so <laughs> my both of these are cheeky as fuck. Um, and you guys can decide whether either of them should actually be done as a double feature. But they're two of my other favorite horror movies. And um, they're both for very different reasons. So I would like to do a triple feature, but you know, if we were going to do a double feature, it would either be House on Haunted Hill 99, strictly due to the fact that Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson <laughs> is in both movies. Um, but if you wanted to get really cheeky, you would fuck with your friends by doing Trick or Treat from 1987 <laughs> or whatever it is and then trick our treat from 2009 um right. but I, I i don't need an excuse to do trick or treat because that movie just rules jason have you seen it uh, i'm familiar with trick or, trick or treat yeah so <laughs> oh so good it's so all right good. and i i had to come up with something on the fly this is going to sound dumb but i'm sticking to it uh, because I think that Sam, when he takes off his hood, looks like a baby version of this character. So we're going to watch Trick or Treat, and then I'm going to convince everybody that Sam grew up to be Pumpkinhead. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'll take it. So finally, uh, let's wrap up with the, uh, you know, talking about something that you've seen recently that was really good. Jason, I'm going to make the executive decision of having you and I go last since we were both at the same hey, film festival. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. All right. Well, so here's the funny thing is that you guys are at Fantastic Fest watching, you know, great genre films that I'm not going to be able to see until 2020 if I'm lucky. Um, and I was at home watching The Long Shot. Now, that said, I really enjoyed The Long Shot. And I messaged with Matt and he was like, yeah, The Long Shot's really fun. I mean, I thought that it was a little long, but um, Megan picked it and... Um, we had a really good time watching it. And, you know, I mean, I feel like Judd Apatow is like, yo, Seth, he calls Seth up and he's like, buddy, uh, do you want to kiss a beautiful blonde? And Seth Rogen is like, uh, do I? I mean, you know, like, he's just like, of course he's going to say yes. Uh, well, Scott, I think you got that wrong right out the gate because I'm pretty sure Seth Rogen would have said. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Continue. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and I was I just felt like such a schmuck because I'm watching like super Hollywood type movie while you guys are watching wonderful genre films. But, uh, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, and then we rounded out the weekend with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the Secret of the Ooze, which still holds up. It is still just so incredibly good and charming. And the practical effects just still blow my mind because anybody that's able to do karate in those gigantic latex suits is just a god in my mind <laughs> all right jason jason and i were both at fantastic fest at the time that we we're recording this it's coming out a whole month after the fact <laughs> but uh what so i'll ask you first what were some of your favorite films that you saw throughout the week uh, i'm still kind of processing all the ones i saw i mean um, but off the top of my head, the ones that stick out, um, I absolutely loved After Midnight. Yeah, was, I yeah. agree. That was oh, my favorite I'm one of so the year. I'm so jealous. I want to see that one so bad. Yeah. It, I will say this much. It has the last like five minutes might be the hardest I've laughed in the theater in a very, very long yeah, time. Yeah, I will have to agree with that. Um, 
Uh, the platform I really enjoyed, or as much as you can enjoy that movie, the platform is pretty solid. If you check that one out, I think that one's coming to Netflix. I think at the end of the end of November, so that one's I, a little sooner than later. I didn't see that. What's the concept on the platform? Um, so it's kind of like uh, did you ever see did you see High Rise with like the class building kind of thing? Uh, it was you know it came out like two years ago, and then Bong's other his the train movie he made with uh like all the rich people in the front of the train and the poor people in the back of the train. Oh so oh the the like Snowpiercer was it? Yeah, no. Snowpiercer. Thank you. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's kind of like a combination of High Rise and Snowpiercer together. So these people are inside a building, and there's an elevator shaft on the middle that uh, food is like. The platform is filled with food on the on level zero, and then as it goes down to the different levels of all the different criminals, there's like less and less food, and then it kind of kind of goes from there. If you can figure that out, <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so it's like a little dystopian type concept. All right, yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so those are the, probably the, the two off the top of my head that are sticking out. And you, of course, you know, like Jojo Rabbit was fantastic, and you know, The Lighthouse was amazing. But those are kind of kind of given on those ones. Yeah. How about for you? Uh, for me, um, After Midnight's definitely probably my biggest one. Uh, Tammy and the T Rex was a was a fucking blast. And a- oh, yeah, that, that's a good time. Oh, I cannot <laughs> wait. I, uh, I, uh, I that is happening in 2020. Just you know, putting it out there. <laughs> uh, Worm was a lot of fun. Um, it was a very different type of movie, and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> Dolomite is my name. Uh, was one of the secret screenings, and I, I genuinely. I, I'd heard people saying that like the theory was that that was going to have a lot of Oscar buzz. And now that I've seen it, I totally agree. Like I, I think that every person gives 110% in their performances and it's basically just Ed, Ed Wood for black exploitation films, uh, which makes sense because it's written by the guys who wrote Ed Wood. I had never seen Dolomite until that week. And like, I never realized how much Dolomite is the influence on black dynamite, but like mm-hmm. it 100% is. Um, so the the making of is a really fascinating and and fun story. But yeah, that is Trick or Treat, uh, released sometime between 2007 and 2010, because uh, Hollywood hates Michael Doherty apparently. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Go check out creepyco.com. Pick up some sweet ass shirts. I know that I've got at least five now in my closet, and that's just going to continue to grow. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> and we will be back next week with a sort of Halloween movie picked by Scott. It's not sort of. It happens on Halloween, bro. Uh, So check out all of our other stuff, our social media and everything at HMN Podcast. Listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 